Master Hakuin's chant and praise of Zazen. From the very beginning all beings are Buddha. Like water and ice, without water no ice, outside us no Buddhas. How near the truth, yet how far we seek. Like one in water crying, I thirst. Like a child of rich birth, wandering poor on this earth, we endlessly circle the six worlds. The cause of our sorrow is ego delusion. From dark path to dark path, we wandered in darkness. How can we be free from birth and death? The gateway to freedom is Zazen Samadhi. Beyond exaltation, beyond all our praises, the pure Mahayana. Upholding the precepts, repentance and giving, the countless good deeds and the way of right living all come from Zazen. Thus one true Samadhi extinguishes evils. It purifies karma, dissolving obstructions. Then where are the dark paths to lead us astray? The pure lotus land is not far away. Hearing this truth, heart humble and grateful, to praise and embrace it, to practice its wisdom, brings unending blessings, brings mountains of merit. And when we turn inward and prove our true nature, that true self is no self, our own self is no self, we go beyond ego and past clever words. Then the gate to the oneness of cause and effect is thrown open. Not two and not three, straight ahead runs the way. Our form now being no form, and going and returning we never leave home. Our thought now being no thought, our dancing and songs are the voice of the Dharma. How vast is the heaven of boundless samadhi. How bright and transparent the moonlight of wisdom. What is there outside us? What is there we lack? Nirvana is openly shown to our eyes. This earth where we stand is the pure lotus land, and this very body, the body of Buddha. Today is the twenty-sixth um, of April, twenty twenty-two, and um, we celebrated uh, Earth Day on Sunday. We had a ceremony of aid and recited the Kanon Sutra, Hundred Times, among other things, which is which is a way of of um, giving voice to our love and concern. Um, in that. The intro to that ceremony, I always have a little little slot where I say something, but um, on Sunday it didn't feel like I was really doing justice to it, so I decided at that point to um, make this an Earth Day talk, um, but to 
um, talk a little bit for a shorter time than usual so that there's some time for uh, some discussion afterwards. And in the discussion, um, uh, just to have a chance to talk about our, our thoughts and feelings in the recent months um, with all that, that all that has been going on, the um, IPCC reports which um, indicate, warn that time frames are getting tighter and tighter for us in terms of responding to the climate emergency, which of course makes action more t more difficult and 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 costly. We have, of course, the the um, the war in Ukraine, uh, the ongoing pandemic, um, with continued uncertainty on that front, and um, economic crisis now as well. All these these talent challenges, these great challenges that we face as human beings, and um, personally, I've struggled on and off with with discouragement and apprehension in the, in the face of these these issues. Um, I think going back to COP twenty six, um, which felt like a major anti-climax. I should say that the war in Ukraine is the one that's in our minds, but in addition to that, there are um, all the other wars. Um, I looked online to see how many countries were engaged in war, and it seemed like about um, about perhaps 20, 20 countries, mostly in Africa, where there are um, conflicts going on. And war seems so senseless on top of all our other problems. Five million refugees uh, now having left Ukraine, uh, whole cities destroyed, whole lives, many, many lives and livelihoods. And these, these things, though they are in one sense remote, they also um, touch us deeply and um, bring up a lot of, of, uh, that we struggle with. Came across an article on um, the uh, Plum Village website, um, a, a blog, a regular blog called The Way Out Is In. And um, in, in that blog, a, um, a monastic from Plum Village, Brother Fap Hu, um, talks about his response to um, all that is going on, especially, specifically here, he's, he's talking about um, the war, and he comes from a family of um, Vietnamese refugees from the Vietnam War, so it's particularly um, triggering of, of uh, intergenerational trauma. But he says this, so I'm feeling a bit lost, and what I'm realizing is the practice of mindfulness, the teachings of Thich Nhat Hanh, 
It's very easy to connect to those when I'm feeling reasonably well. Even if I'm going through a bit of suffering, I can come back to myself and I can observe what's going on. I can relate to it and sometimes transform it. But I'm being stirred up a lot around this conflict because I think when things are very, very difficult and very, very painful, it's hard to connect the practice in a way that alleviates what's going on because because what I'm feeling, a lot of practice is about being consumed by the news, and I'm, I am being consumed by the news. A lot of practice is about not taking sides, but I feel myself taking sides. The practice is about being equanimous, so being able to see what's going on and stay calm, and I realize I'm not saying staying calm. So when things, when, when things get really difficult like this, um, what, where do we turn? And that's the that's, um, second question we can look at, look at when, we, when, we, when we have some discussion. Um, are there particular places you go to to, um, to find courage to keep on going? Are there approaches you find helpful? Are there practices that, that work for you in, in really um, difficult and very difficult times? I think one of the, one of the um, practices that I find that I can turn to again and again is, is gratitude. Sometimes even gratitude for the, the, the problems we face as human beings. But at least a bad gratitude to, for the earth that we live on, our, our matrix for everything we do. We are, as, as we've pointed out before, earth in human form. We are... Um, the earth's hands and feet and eyes and speech. Our parents, their parents, going back for uh, four and a half billion years down to just minerals of this earth, all of that is our inheritance. And we live inside the earth in this, in this quivering membrane of, of air and water vapor. And uh, protect, we're protected also by, from cosmic rays by her um, magnetic field. The earth gives us ground to stand on, um, and that ground shapes our feet. Actually, we know our we know our earth, the earth most intimately as our bodies. Its muscles and bones and organs and all the rest uh, are shaped and attuned to 
the Earth's gravity and atmosphere and light and sounds, all of this is, is who and what we are. And then there's the gravity, the, the gratitude that we can feel um, for simplest children of the earth, we could say, sparrows chirping and hopping, picking up seeds, a breeze coming through a window, a bus passing by, a plane overhead. These things are always there for us to uh, appreciate if we just pay attention. But on the other side of the of the of the ledger, so to speak, um, the Dharma teaches us that all compounded things are subject to decay. That includes us and the earth. We, we s discover that the solid ground under our feet is not so solid. We live on this, this um, floating earth's crust, floating on, on magma. It's a little bit, it's a little bit like um, this earth that we live on is a little bit like the kind, the, the skin you get on when you boil milk, <coughs> sliding around on the surface, just at geological speeds, mostly. And this, this, that is, uh, has so much um, uncertainty to it, but also promise. But. But sadly, rather than confronting this truth, we, we um, get caught up in <coughs> non-essential things. One of the ways that this is, this is um, expressed is as the eight worldly winds, the eight most seductive of the many dualisms that we've, we create with our minds. And these eight are pain and pleasure, loss and gain, blame and praise, disrepute and fame. And uh, it's, it struck me in listing these that we could relate them to um, much that is, is out of whack in our, in our society. Pain and pleasure, all the comforts and conveniences of consumerism that we're so attached to loss and gain, all the different ways in uh, uh, preoccupation with, with money, uh, our gaming and our gambling, um, the stock market that, that every news bulletin on, the, on has, has a report on the stock market. What if, what if they each news, news program had a report on carbon emissions, extinctions, 
And then, of course, blame and praise, all the, all the um, machinations of, of uh, social media and mass media too, which magnify these uh, attachments that we have. And then, finally, disrepute and fame. Our um, obsession, at least the obsession of the mass media, in celebrity and how we raise certain people up and then also take great pleasure in, in um, throwing them down when they transgress in some way. So how, to develop, how do we develop a stable mind in the midst of all these pushes and pulls? How do we stay connected to our troubled world and and not get not get agitated, stay open, but keep our our balance. The, the teaching in Buddhism and in Zen especially is to do as much as possible not fall into dualistic thinking. This is from the same, the same um, transcript of a, of a talk of this um, monk from, from Plum Village. And this is, um, he's describing how he worked with his, <coughs> his feeling of, <coughs> of uh, upset and, and um, difficulty in his practice. He, he went to um, a small, um, describe it as, uh, chapel at Plum Village uh, and spoke directly to, to uh, his teacher, his, his teacher who had passed away, Thich Nhat Hanh. He says, there was a voice inside me that was the voice of Tay, which is his teaching. And one of the words that came out very clearly is, do not give in to darkness. Wherever there is darkness, light is also there. And this is the deep teaching of, in Buddhism of non-duality. It's very easy to get caught up in the right and the left, the above and below, the good and bad, the dark and light, and, and these four that we also just looked at, which are the stickiest of them all. It doesn't mean that we ignore it, but we know that if there is right, there is also left. If there's war, there is peace somewhere. And in that very moment, although I am not in Ukraine, I am not part of the fight, I am not part of the war, but there is a war that is starting to happen inside me. And as an individual, our practice is to take care of that war inside. And I had to channel my own understanding, my own non-discriminative mind. So we can beware of falling into to dualistic thinking. A breath can be a way of, of, of settling back into something 
prior to thought or just um, uh, paying a lot of attention, close attention to what is going on in our body and our mind or our questioning. Not, not just taking our thoughts and feelings at face value but really investigating them. Um, Ajahn Amaro, the Thai forest tradition monk, he once said, the one who knows the mind is crazy is not itself crazy. It's going to be very helpful to remember this. Lastly, before we, we um, go to, to discussion, um, I just wanted to mention a, a, um, a blog site that I find, find uh, helpful and, and um, balancing two, two sides of of these issues. It's a movement, it's called Outrage and Optimism, and it's a movement led by Christiana Figueres, who was the chief of the um, UN Framework Convention on Climate Change uh, from, from 2010 to 2016, and, and who was such a key figure in um, the 2015 Paris Agreement, which was seen as a, as a breakthrough. And um, in a recent newsletter from her organization, she says, as we continue to be rocked by the atrocities in Ukraine, burgeoning fossil fuel development, looming food shortages and devastating floods, we want to give it a heartfelt shout out to every one of you who, despite all the hits, continues the work necessary to protect and restore the web of life. It's tough. And the enormity of the system's changes we need to enact can feel overwhelming. We draw strength from the words of Maya Angelou. You may encounter many defeats, but you must not be defeated. In fact, it may be necessary to encounter the defeats so that you can know who you are, what you can rise from, and how you can still come out of it. Master Dogen talked about about failing, the, the, the many, many, many times he had failed and how um, that, that is in a sense the nature of our practice, to be, to be willing to fail and willing to pick ourselves up after each failure.
in the Gaudian um, Christine, Christiana Figueres uh, writes about about um, the uh, report that came out from the from the IPCC. In I think it was the IPCC anyway. Um, I was research published in Nature, um, showing that the pledges by countries to reduce emissions made since the Paris Agreement could keep warming to two degrees Celsius if met on time. And of course, this is this is um, in doubt that they will be met on time. And she said, outrage that even if the promises are met, they don't come close to a 1.5 degrees to 1.5 degrees Celsius, and optimism that two degrees Celsius is a, such a huge improvement on when we're on where we're headed without the Paris Agreement. On the one hand, we have to acknowledge this looks very much like failure. A two degrees Celsius world will not be livable for vast swathes of humanity and half of the world's children are already extremely high risk from the impacts now, including hunger-inducing floods and droughts. Two degrees Celsius future may even lead us into conditions that insurers would deem uninsurable for practically all businesses and homes, and that's only if the pledges are met. There will never be a shortage of excuses for slippage on these promises. The atrocious invasion of Ukraine, which has brought our deadly addiction to Russian oil and gas into shocking view, is just one of them. Short-term arguments to push decarbonisation down the road will always find a way to rise back above the parapet. On the other hand, we have to agree that this new projection based on national commitments pretends a far better outcome than we would get without them. And this is, this is the, the um, showing this need that, for us to hold these two sides together, to not become so discouraged that we don't do our best to uh, reduce emissions and keep the, the amount of warming down. She says, this is a real result, talking about the agreement, stemming from the difficult, intricate and decades-long multinational process of negotiations, as well as from the power of the decreasing costs of clean technologies. So she's, this is somebody who really recognises, on the one hand, um, how these agreements are, are forged step by step through, through many, 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 many hours of, of negotiations and discussions. And um, to, to, to appreciate, even if we can also see how limited they are, to appreciate this, this human effort that has gone um, into this process, 
This process has been enabled at every turn by extraordinary momentum for action from all stripes of society, all sectors, from all corners of the globe and individual leadership. It's also just the start. One act, once action unleashed by these commitments begins to really kick in and the non-state sector community continues pushing their additional pledges, the progress will quickly become exponential. So to hold both to the outrage at what has not been, been done and, and optimism given what, what has been done up to, up to this point and to build on what has been done as much as we can. Just um, finish up with um, if I can find it. seem to have mislaid it, but anyway, um, the, point she, the point she, make, she makes, um, quoting, quoting a scientist of, um, of some standing, uh, is that he, he, he says something like, he used to think that the environment's problems were um, climate change and mass extinction, and, and uh, now I realise that the the, the environment's problems are uh, greed, anger, and apathy. And this is where this is where we can appreciate the um, importance of our work on ourselves in in working with, grappling with our own greed and anger and apathy. Seeing the way, as the as the um, monk put it, um, the war we, we hear about generates an inner war that we have to um, make uh, transform in ourselves. And just ending with um, Ajahn Amaro is talking about um, activism. Certainly the bigger wound can be addressed at a broader political level, but our basic attitude is one of con contention, but if our basic attitude is one of contention, of despair, of cynicism, if that's where we've taken refuge, then regardless of the changes we might be able to bring about on a broader social level, we will be bringing negativity into the mix as well. To me, the way we walk, work is the work we do. The medium is the message. The way we work is the work we do. The medium is the message. Or as, or as Thich Nhat Hanh put it, 
Nonviolence is not the tool, nonviolence is the way. If we pick up even the most radically effective and most directly helpful activity with an attitude of aversion, fear, despair, or resentfulness, that is necessarily going to disable the very efforts we are making to some extent. This is how meditation and the spiritual dimension can help by bringing the radical quality of alignment into the mix, seeing it's not just what we do, but how we do it. Whether it's just saying, no thanks, I don't need a plastic bag, or bringing about some big policy change in the government, these things can both be brought about through careful and attentive engagement. I heartily encourage you to work on as broad a level as possible, but keep the attention focused on how you're picking it up. In every conversation, every footstep down the pavement, every engagement, every effort, every email you write, ask yourself, what do I want to say? How do I want to say it? And where am I coming from? Care and attention to these little details makes a difference. It's also what enables you to carry on for years and years. Doing effective work rather than getting compassion fatigue and burnout or being totally impossible to live with. <laughs> I think this is, this is a very, very helpful advice. And, and if we do have that compassion fatigue, then to, to look at where we might be generating that in ourselves and how we can um, help heal and restore ourselves so that we can con continue on with the struggle. I think this is this is this is our um, koan for all of us as as uh, the the crises around us um, intensify. Well, I don't want to take up too much time, so we'll we'll stop now. We'll recite the four vows here and then we can um, gather for some discussion around the table in the dining area. All beings without number, I vow to liberate endless blind passions. I vow to uproot Dharma gaze beyond measure, I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha, I vow to attain all beings without number, I vow to liberate Endless blind passions, I vow to uproot Dharma gates beyond measure. I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha. I vow to attain all beings without number. I vow to liberate 
endless blind passions, I vow to uproot Dharma gaze beyond measure, I vow to penetrate the great way of Buddha, I vow to attain.